Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Good morning. I'm excited to be beginning the Dig a Bits for month 10 of our authority study in Digging Deep. What's the big authority deal about women anyway? And we're primarily talking about the roles of women in worship today and what God has had to say about those uh, subjects. That's this month's Digging Deep study. And I wanted to begin today by just reading some passages that are sort of the foundation of what we're talking about this month. I'll first be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and I will be beginning in verse 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted to them to speak, but they're commanded to be under obedience, or let them be in subjection, as also says the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it's a shame for women to speak in the church. What? Came the word of God out from you, or came it unto you only? If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. He closes that chapter by saying, let all things be done decently and in order. Next, I'll read from 1 Timothy chapter 2, and I will begin in verse 8. I would therefore that men pray everywhere. Men there is A-N-E-R, the word that is used specifically for the male gender. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and disputing. In like manner also that women adorn themselves or fashion themselves or dress themselves in modest apparel with shamefastness or shamefacedness, that means having the ability to blush, and sobriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but that which becomes women professing godliness with good works. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. But I would not allow a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing, if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. First of all, I'd like to say that I am don't have any more, of course, expertise in these passages than do you. In fact, I don't have as much as many of you do who are, are great students of the Bible, and I am never going to know what some of these passages, uh, the full extent of their meaning until I'm able to ask when I get to the other side of time. But there are some things that are very clear from these passages. And I wanted to take note just today of a debate that's going on within the Southern Baptist Church 
even as we are studying this, it happens to be that two Baptist men are debating down at the Weston Hotel in Birmingham, Alabama. And the, the question that they're debating is, should women preach on Sunday? Well, I don't know if it, you know, I, I'm not real clear on why exactly they worded that proposition that way, because it seems to me that if it is a worship assembly, that it really wouldn't matter which day of the week that it's on. It is either right or it is wrong for women to preach in those assemblies. But having said that, I wanted to just point out some of the arguments that are being made for approving women preachers within the Baptist church right now. And I think that these uh, arguments are things that will help us to be able to better articulate the position of the scriptures about women teaching in our public worship assemblies. So it begins by saying when one Southern, and by the way, I'm taking this from uh, Alabama Life and Culture uh, section of al.com. And so you can find this on that website. But it says that um, when one Southern Baptist pastor criticized Christian speaker and author Beth Moore for announcing that she planned to preach from a pulpit on Sunday on Mother's Day another pastor then defended her and of course they're using the term pastor really to mean preacher there and it led to a debate that took place Monday afternoon at the Weston Hotel in Birmingham a day before the start of the annual Southern Baptist Convention should women preach in our Lord's Day worship. So we have a preacher, I'm not even gonna use the word reverend because I don't believe we should ever use that with regard to a man, but it says between Dwight McKissick, who preaches at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Arlington, Texas, and Tom Askell, who preaches at the Grace Baptist Church in Cape Coral, Florida. And Tom Askell is the president of something called Founders Ministry. But I wanted us to talk just about six, a half dozen of the arguments that are being made according to this article in favor of women preachers. And I think I'll take the first three of those in this dig a bit so that it won't be too long and then we'll talk about the second three in the next dig a bit. The first one is that Beth Moore, he says, is reaching people in phenomenal ways all over the world. Thus, the indication is that since she has such an ability to reach people all over the world and is doing so, that it must be okay for her to preach in an assembly. I want to just point out here that approved authoritative religion is never outcome-based. Let me say that again. Approved authoritative religion is never outcome-based. Rather, it is authority-based. doesn't matter what we as human beings look at, at in terms of results and see that a woman is being successful or a man is being successful, for that matter, in evangelism or in benevolence or in edification. It doesn't matter what we look at and say, wow, something good is coming out of that. It doesn't matter 
whether or not out, the outcome looks good and quantitative in our eyes. What matters is, are we walking within the authority of God? Are we obeying the commands of God? And, and there are lots and lots of illustrations of this in scriptures. I think about Uzzah steadying the ark. The outcome of that was that the ark of God didn't fall. I'm sure men looked at that and said, whoa, you know, he did a good thing. The, the result of that was pretty good. That didn't matter of course, because he was stepping outside the realm of the authority of God. I think about Moses striking that rock when God, now which way was it? I want to be sure I get this straight and I always get those mixed up. God said to, to speak to the rock and he struck the rock. I believe that's the way it was. And at any rate, um, he was, and that is the way it was as I'm thinking back about it because um, I've been studying recently about that and about how that sometimes men could move rocks around sometimes and actually create the flow, the, not create the flow, but uh, remove the obstruction from the flow of water. If they hit it really hard with a stick and moved a rock out of the way that sometimes the water would um, change its flow pattern and and actually they could get a drink of water for their sheep. So uh, some have suggested that Moses was trying to show his own prowess at that. Now I don't know about all of that, but I do know that Moses struck the rock when God asked him to speak to it. And when he struck the rock, plenty of water came out for the people to drink. The outcome was good. The outcome was productive. The outcome was quantitative. It was, maybe in the words of this Baptist preacher, phenomenal. But that didn't matter what the outcome was. It still prohibited Moses from entering the promised land because he stepped outside of the authority of God. I would also add here, parenthetically maybe, that reaching people all over the world through an unauthorized means brings people to an unauthorized religion. Let me just say that one more time. Reaching people in a phenomenal way all over the world through an unauthorized means would necessarily bring people to an unauthorized religion. Number next, he says that women, after all, were the first ones to preach the resurrection. Now you will remember that it was women who came to the tomb who were looking for the body of Christ to further anoint that body and they heard the words, the sweet angelic words, are you looking for Jesus? He is not here for he is risen. Come see the place where the Lord lay. And those women then hurried to tell the followers of Jesus the news that he had been raised from the dead. I want to just say that it is a vast jump from saying they went to tell this news and saying they preached in a worship assembly. There is a lot of difference between going to tell some good news and preaching a didactic lesson as we're talking about in 1 Timothy chapter 2 
and 1 Corinthians 14. There is a large quantitative difference between telling some good news and preaching the Word of God. I just am going to continue to emphasize that large difference when anyone tells me that women were first to preach the resurrection. Now, I've written some lessons about Mary Magdalene and delivered them, and I think it was an awesome privilege that she, for one, had there at the tomb that day after the demons from which she had been delivered, after the way that she had been privileged to walk with Christ on those dusty Galilean roads to minister to him and to even give of her substance, as the scriptures tell us. But to say that she preached a sermon on the resurrection morning is far from what the scriptures say and it is intellectually dishonest to say that those women first preached the resurrection i tell a lot of people good news all the time i make a phone call and say guess what someone's surgery was successful i'm telling good news but i'm not preaching i tell someone guess what there's a sale over at belk i'm telling some good news but i'm not preaching and even when I tell good news in a spiritual context, that for instance, maybe someone has emulated the resurrection of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ by being baptized into Christ. I told this news last night to a group of people in my home, but I was not preaching. And to say that that is preaching a sermon is intellectually dishonest. Number next that a woman is spiritually gifted and thus we should allow those spiritual gifts to be used in whatever way will and i'm sure the words that they would use would be benefit the kingdom we since a person is spiritually gifted then we allow her to use those gifts as she deems best those spiritual gifts Come on now, we, there are many, many gifts that we are given that we are not allowed to use in the worship service. Suppose that I am very gifted, and we could start with things that aren't spiritual gifts. I'm very gifted, uh, let's say, athletically, and I'm a great tumbler. Is there a place for me to use those tumbling skills in worship? That's not authorized. Let's say that I'm a great musician. Is there a place for me to use my skills at band directing in worship? Well, there's nothing about that in the New Testament. In fact, all singing in the New Testament was vocal music. So that's unauthorized. Just because I'm given some gift does not authorize me to use that in the worship assembly. And then we could move perhaps to some spiritual gift. And there might be a spiritual gift besides uh, didactic teaching, as Beth Moore does. Let's say I am a great soloist. Well, the, the music in the New Testament church was congregational. It was reciprocal. It was not only vocal but it was reciprocal vocal music. And just because I have this great talent for soloing would not authorize me to use that in worship. 
maybe my spiritual gift is that I have a great oh propensity let's say for let's say I have a great propensity for applying uh, spiritual encouragement to my nursing skills well I think that's a spiritual gift and I know many nurses who use that gift of of spiritual nurturing right along with their physical nurturing well so would that make it okay for me to perform my ability as a nurse as a part of worship to God well no that would be unauthorized and the same is true with women speaking not only do we not have examples of women speaking in worship didactically speaking preaching in worship not only do we not have examples but we have the clear prohibitions that I read as I began this little segment today just because we have a gift even um, and this is this is true even in our service to God some gifts are not appropriately used perhaps in service to God but some gifts are clearly unauthorized in the worship assembly as is the teaching that would be done by a woman in our worship assemblies just because it's a gift doesn't mean it's authorized to be used in worship the other arguments that i want us to talk about um, from these from this particular debate that's going on in birmingham this month is first corinthians 11 5 it says there it talks about women praying and prophesying i wanted to talk about phoebe from romans chapter i believe it's chapter 16 verse verses 1 and 2 there where she was asked to deliver a letter i wanted us to talk about that letter delivery and was that teaching and then um, another quote that i got from this particular debate the quote the argument being that uh, even the one who in this debate mckissick i believe it is who is advocating that it's good for women to preach he says there that he agrees that for a quote senior pastor to be a woman would be a wrong thing but for a woman to be in a pulpit is perfectly acceptable next time i wanted to talk about those three arguments for the sake of time we will say goodbye today and soon we will begin part two of a little review of this debate that's very relevant to the topic we're talking about this month. I hope you have a great day. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Digabit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.